Welcome to Paper Quest. I'm Jesse. And I'm James. And we're two friends teaming up in our ongoing quest through the Infinite Library. Each episode, we get together to discuss our latest buddy read, swap stories on our recent solo reads, and talk about the upcoming books we look forward to reading next. This is Paper Quest. <laughs> Okay, so for our main quest today, we have read Daughter of the Moon Goddess by Su Lin Tan. This is yet again, unintentionally uh, on our part, uh, a brand new author, and this is their brand new first release, correct? It is. It's um, a duology, so we'll, I at least plan to read the next one, but... Um... I most certainly do as well. Um, I, well... I won't jump ahead, yeah. but I'll jump into a summary first, and then we'll talk about the characters. Um, and I'm just looking at it to make sure I pronounce these right. So, just apologize in advance. Um, we're going to read it and go for it. Hui Yi and Shang Yi were once mortal lovers. Hui Yi was a great archer who, after an extremely valiant deed, was gifted an elixir of immortality. Shang Yi's Shang Yi is pregnant, and there is the possibility of birthing complications. So together, the two decide that she should drink the elixir of immortality instead to guarantee the baby's safety. However, the Celestial Empress believes that Shang-Yi stole the elixir in greed. She is banished to the moon where she secretly gives birth and hides her child for years, leading into where our story begins today. The daughter of the moon goddess, she, oh, hold on, let me get this right, Xingyin, slowly starts discovering her own magic abilities which alerts the Celestial Empress to her existence. Forced to flee for her life, she leaves the moon and her mother and escapes to the Celestial Kingdom below, where she must journey on a quest to survive, grow stronger, and hopefully, one day, clear her mother's name in this epic fantasy duology that will spread across two novels, written by debut author Su Lin Tan. That was a good summary. I think I did good. That was that, good. That might have been a little lengthy, but uh, there's a lot to fit in there. It's it's a pretty, it's an easy read, but it's kind of a long read. So I think we got it all in there. Yes, it is hefty, but it's, um, I, I mean, I guess first thoughts. Okay, so the very first thing I noticed was this does not read like a novel. This reads like, because there's time jumping, not really a spoiler. They're going to get some time jumping. And it just feels like I'm reading a collection of tales or legends as opposed to a deep, like, world-building experience. Did you feel that way? Um, I didn't, but now that you're saying it, I I, I could see that perspective. Because they were kind of, and this will be our no-spoiler zone, we'll let you know when we get into it, but it's kind of like... Okay, and then once upon a time, there was this monster that apparently exists, and they fought the monster. Did they win? Did they lose? Find out. Um, it's And then they would talk about how, like, and then there was a point where she was training, and then it time jumps again, and it's like, it just feels like we're hearing different chunks of her, her story down the line as it progresses. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even sure how many years pass. It's a good number of years, though. Yes, it's definitely, like, maybe uh, a whole decade. Yeah, so I just felt like the book started, she leaves the moon, we enter the Celestial Kingdom. We get this big chunk where she's she's working for this woman, and then she leads, she finds her way to the Celestial Palace. It's, it's the very beginning of the book. And then something happens there in Time Jump, and now she's doing this for her army. 
and then time jump, and now she's doing this, and then time jump, and I'm like, yeah, you know, there's not a lot of world building, they don't explain a bunch of little things, and it just reads like little mythology nuggets, and it was cool, I appreciated it. Yeah, so I will say, I think that, again, we've talked about this, I don't know a lot of Chinese mythology, um, Mm -hmm, but like you were mentioning, it definitely sounds like, or, or reads like, the author took a handful of fairy tales or myths and legends and merged them all together. And the daughter of the moon goddess um, is kind of the the binding that holds them all together. And her tale yeah. puts them together. So it's kind of like, you know, to bring it into uh, American pop culture, it's a little bit like how... Um, What's that fairy tale show? Um, 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 Once Upon a Time? Yes. <laughs> it's it's kind of like how Once Upon a Time brings all these people together um, that have their own separate stories. Yeah, I feel that. Um, and again, I don't the, and- I don't know if that's true. They, this might be like one big legend that I just don't know, but it, it doesn't read that way. I did a... I did the opposite of a deep dive. I did a shallow dive online <laughs> just out of curiosity um, and just tried to look up the daughter of the moon goddess, which there's lots of stories. I forgot to Google Chinese um, moon goddess um, just to see like how accurate it was. There's a bunch of, you know, slightly different retellings of the story. I didn't particularly come across one where there was a daughter involved. So I, I think this was made up for the story, okay. which is interesting if that's correct. So I definitely have read, um, and again, this is not a spoiler, um, there is a story of um, 12 sunbirds, and I've read a children's book to my son about that, that he picked out, because, you know, cool, fiery birds on the cover. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I knew that that at least was, but none of the other myths or, uh, or anything um, were ones that I could point out and say, like, oh, clearly that's the, you know, legend of so-and-so. Okay. Um, there's also a Netflix animated show in the style like Pixar or something. Or a movie, I should say. A Netflix movie. And of course, I'm just now thinking of it, so I can't think of the title. But it's also a moon goddess story. And this girl has to make her way to the moon. And it's a really cool movie. Really? Google that. I don't know the name, but I would check that out. It's pretty new. Interesting. And it's beautiful. The animation, once they get to the moon, is like so cool. It's so different. So colorful. Um, so, is it over the moon? Possibly, yeah. It looks, sounds possibly... it looks pretty. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's really cool. But, so again, in the non-spoiler territory, would you recommend this book? I would. I would recommend it to a fair amount of people. Again, I don't think it's... The friends that I have and the family that I have, there's very few I could recommend this book to. But in general, I would 100% recommend this book. Agreed. I thought it was um, really interesting, um, easy to read. And so in all transparency, I like made us push back our recording because I had not read it. Um, But I easily (laughs) sat down yesterday and read like... 200 pages um ish and it wasn't it wasn't a difficult read it was enjoyable and um yeah highly recommend 
I, I will I I did the audio which I said on our last main quest that I was likely gonna do the audio because I hate not knowing how things are pronounced mm-hmm. and with a lot of Chinese names I was like I'll be stopping every two seconds to Google pronunciations so I was just like nope audiobook let's get through this um, and and that was great because the names are not how I would have pronounced them in my head yeah and again world please forgive me because I'm going to mess them up yes uh so we recommend it um we let's talk spoilers uh do you want to start with characters you want to start with the daughter herself or sure okay uh so we have xingyin she is uh, how old would you say she is in the beginning of the book seven i don't know so i read her as being because they're so they're immortals, so time doesn't really work for them in the way it works for us, um, and that yeah. that kind of goes back to the the jumping or time jumping that you mentioned. Um, I read her as being like twenty. Oh, I imagined her as a little kid for sure. The way she was acting, I'm mean, not that she was acting bad or childish. I just thought she was like. A little kid and she didn't understand why she saw these silvery dots which was her magic trying to poke through no but that's interesting you could be right so i read her as older because um she had talked about how she was um an expert in different instruments and she had um you know lived a long time and been alone a long time just with her parent or her mother and her her mother's attendant um and she, I don't know, it, for for whatever reason, I read her as probably about 20. Um, and by the end of the book, I would say she was about 30. Maybe maybe in the time span on the moon, there was a time jump. I don't know. I could have sworn she was a little kid at some point. But I also read this like two or three weeks ago. So it might not all, I will say in advance, there's probably things already slipping my mind. <laughs> Don't um, worry, I read it what, yesterday. What that? She's young. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say, though, she does talk about memories. So there was, mm-hmm. you know, they talked about um, how she went and asked her mother about, like, where their her father is, or she asked this thing. Um, and they talked about moon festivals and stuff. Um, so I don't know. She just came off as an adult, but a very sheltered, lonely adult. I guess by the time she leaves the moon, she would have to be because then she's immediately working. Yeah. I mean, not that they couldn't work under like the age of 18. I'm sure all ages are working in this. So I got a little thrown. I wanted to mention this at the beginning, but I got a little thrown by some of the world building. And again, this could be me being stupid or something. I understood that there's the mortal realm, Mm -hmm. the mortal realm and the celestial realm. And there's the moon and there's the sun. So she leaves the moon and I was under the impression that she was leaving the moon for the mortal realm, which is a place she always wanted to see and only heard about in stories. But I guess she landed in the celestial realm or is the mortal and celestial realm like, you know, on top of each other. And there's just, you know, like the moon, like in the style of parallel universes. The moon is in between them. So at. Oh, I don't think I understood that. Yeah, it was a little confusing. But at the end of the book, um, her and her she talks about how her and her mother stand in um, silence on their balcony, and her mother looks down at the earth, and she looks up at the celestial kingdom. So the celestial kingdom is basically like heaven above the sky. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. I I thought she was falling to earth, but then everyone was still like magical and stuff, and I was like, oh, I'm 
totally blanking out on what they mean. <laughs> yeah, so I think the reason that um, in that section, it her their goal is to get her to safety um, to the family of her mother's attendant, um, but they have to pass through like celestial airspace basically <laughs> on a cloud <laughs> and so <laughs> I like that. um you know they they have to like kind of go undetected and obviously that doesn't happen so yeah the plan goes awry and she leaves behind the assistant girl yeah, yeah. that's one name i did not write down so i, I forget the the attendant but it's okay yeah um so one thing i did so i didn't make notes i did take a couple screenshots um and one thing I noted for whatever reason, um, with her time being with her mother, there was a line where her mother tells her, you'll never grow if you only do what you're good at. The most difficult things are often the most worthwhile. And mm-hmm. um, that definitely set the tone for me for the book because she does a lot of hard things. Yes, this is definitely a book about growth and doing new things for sure. So she falls off this cloud. She doesn't know if her nanny, basically her mother's attendant, is dead or alive. Um, She knows she's possibly being hunted. And she literally just gets approached by some servant who's like, oh, hey, you're looking for a job? And she's like, I guess. Um, She's read a lot of books about, about other places, but she has no actual skills. So she can't you know, she can't mend, she can't, um, really do, she can, like, play instruments and make tea. (laughs) And that's kind of it. And, um, and even sometimes the tea doesn't go right. (laughs) Yeah. And so somehow she, like, just happens to, um, work in this house for a high-powered lady and... The Gold Lotus Mansion? Yeah. Gold Lotus Palace? Yeah. Something like that. They all had great names, by the way. Yeah, and um, that's that's kind of, that's where I really started to feel like the oh, like collection of myths. Like she fell to earth. She 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 got a job. Like it was just going one thing after another. It's not like she wandered, um, wandered around, did things. Just like boom, immediate this, immediate that, immediate that. So it kind of felt like I was getting the the cliff notes of of like the full story. Yeah. So one thing that. Um starts there in that getting a job and goes throughout the book is whenever someone asks her like where her family is um she basically says that they're not here um or something kind of uh uh, she lies without lying yeah something that's you know she works she yeah walks around the truth um how did you feel about her kind of being quote-unquote honorable i feel like that was a big part of her identity it is a huge part of our identity, so much so that I am very angry with a late a late decision she makes at the end of the book, Ooh. where I was like, mm, come on, just for one second, let, let this happen. I'm intrigued. I mean, I can jump to it if you want. I mean, we're in full spoilers. Yeah, well, tell me, what, what was this decision? So... I think she takes I, honor is so important and I appreciate the fact that she did what she did but I also wanted to strangle her <laughs> it's when she finally um, quote unquote poisoned put to sleep um, Captain Winshaw I believe that's how you say that and yeah Winshaw is the captain's name 
And Can we just call him the it captain? Looks like Winsy. Yeah, that that works. Okay. Yeah, um, but Captain Captain Winshaw, you know, we we learn the twist of the book, yeah. and he's he's bad. He's a demon, um, and they're all in their king. They're all in his kingdom, and she knocks him out with um, a plant in his drink, mm-hmm. and then Captain Winshaw's brother, the the king or whatever you want to call it in this world, he's a prince. Um, comes in and is like, "You, you did my job for me. You know what? You're free to go. This was great." He goes to like pull his sword or his dagger out to kill his brother after everything Winshaw has done to um Shingin. And then she's like, Well, that's not very honorable to kill him when he's defenseless. And I'm like, let the dude die. She loves he him. you guys for years. She still loves him. They just broke up like that day. But at that point she was like, I, I can't believe how I ever loved him. I could never because he she has to trick him into pretending she still loves him to c- continue staying on his good side. And that's when she's, like, faking it and trying to find the right plant to poison him with. And, like, she's done with him. And I get that this, like, there were feelings a hot yeah. second ago. But at this point, after playing the game for a while and after knowing you've been betrayed for years of your life, and she's still like, well, he needs to be able to fight for himself. You can't just kill him while he's asleep. And I'm like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Let it happen. I don't know. But no, she wouldn't. I'm. It would solve her problems. It would solve the brother's problems, even though the brother is bad. I'm just like, girl, I can't. Just let him die. I I understand why that choice was made. I think she definitely has a hero's journey. Like, I don't, I don't think the author wanted us to see her making a dishonorable decision. I don't think that's the point. No, you know? yeah. I understand what you're saying yeah. for sure. But it's not her. It's not her character. <laughs> this is why I'm not an author. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some princes because we've got quite a. We've got two of them actually. Leeway and actually oh we have gosh, three of them. Forgot to write There's down. three of them. There's uh, well, the captain that you just mentioned, who is Winshaw, a yeah. demon prince. Prince. Um, there is yep. her main prince, Leeway. Leeway, and then there is um, a prince of the Eastern Sea. Forgot to write the name down. That's okay. I'm prepared. <laughs> That's okay. He, <laughs> he He's the least of all of them, so it's okay. He is. Um, so let's talk about Leeway. Um, first of all, I don't know how someone as perfect and amazing and kind as him comes from his parents. His parents are, I mean, especially the Empress is just the worst. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they both are really ridiculous. So when we met him, you know, at first it was like, oh, he's just some guy. And then it's, and then like you learn, wait a second, she's talking to the prince. And the prince is like, yeah, I don't like telling people, you know, you came off as cool. You can talk to me like a normal person. I don't feel like you have to hold anything back from me. And, you know, there's no secrets between us. Of course, she has to hold the secret of she's the daughter of the moon goddess. Rightfully so. They fight about that at the end, which is very annoying because I think she did the right thing. But, yes, great character and um, very much. He's one of those book characters that always comes off as, like, the one that's wise, the one that's kind, the one that's going to help you throughout your journey sort of thing, especially in the early chapters yeah so she she is joined to him as his companion she um kind of gets herself added to this competition to um 
find him a companion for school because he's alone all the time. And they're like, yeah, he needs a buddy. Um, and even though she's just a servant, uh, you know, she gets herself in the competition and he basically helps her win because she treated him normally. I love so. So he kind of messes with the Empress and I love any time they, they piss off the Empress because I'm like, I don't even know your full character, but I know I don't like you. And when you're seething and angry, I'm clapping my hands. And I love how he's like, oh, this tea is good. But inside he's like, this tea is garbage. And the Empress is like, you're lying. Let me see that. And he goes to pass it. And he makes it seem like he dropped it on an accident. Oh, no, it broke. Now you can't taste it. Like, I just love the way he messes with people. It's so funny. Yeah, he's definitely very intelligent. Um, but he's also, you know, he's skilled in the arts as any any good prince would be. He can handle himself with a sword and fight and um is trained in all of those ancient arts um you know calligraphy and music and all of those things mm-hmm. um and she's lucky enough to train beside him and again they're immortal so they have some you know unique um like they have a conversation about one of the professors or tutors or whatever um who has basically allowed himself to age but he could be like 1500 years old or something and he has some lines so they talk about lines a lot like oh that person has you know not wrinkles but like some forehead lines or something which i always thought was really (laughs) interesting i actually and i like how um well this is going off topic but i just like how they describe the celestial kingdom and all the clouds and like the the brilliant like steps leading up to like the main kingdom and everything and everything about the the royalties world the, around them is really beautiful it's just too bad that the royalty sucks so um she and the prince spend a lot of time together um they you know she she is also his attendant so she'll bring him food or she'll help him pick out his clothes or whatever um and obviously romantic feelings arise for both of them and she definitely doesn't realize it as quickly i think as he did um i think i agree with that yeah um so they have a market that shows up every five years and they go to it and um he buys these two like glass ornaments i guess that you wear Mm -hmm. um they both wear them on their belt loop and if one of them is in danger it'll change color very much like a remember all in harry potter that's kind (laughs) of what i was picturing like a mini version um so if you know it's like a remember all life alert situation yeah (laughs) (laughs) so if if the prince is about to die then hers will turn red and if she's about to die his will turn red um and we it's like this very sweet moment of like a gift for a friend, even though like clearly he's crushing on her and mm-hmm. um, they come back around like they just are wearing them all the time and we don't really talk about them. And then they'll like show back up um, later in the story, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I mean, there's part I, I actually almost legit forgot about those things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then at that same market, um, she buys him. A shell she she plays a tune um or i in my head it's a shell um but she basically records a song into this 
thing and gives that to him for his birthday. Um, and he can listen to her flute music whenever he wants. And apparently she's like mm-hmm. the best ever. Yeah. She's the best because like there might be better ones, especially in the competition. Like everyone is really good at music. Um, but she knows she doesn't just play music. She knows how to put like her emotion in her in her happiness or her misery. Like she can play her emotions. Yeah. Like she's really good at making it meaningful when she plays. Like when she plays the the sad music, you can like feel the sorrow and the unhappiness and stuff like that. Yep. And um, as his companion, she realizes that she, like her father, is an excellent archer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she will take after that. Yep. And then she also learns how to use her magic. And she learns, um, like, the tutors will say, like, oh, you're very powerful, but you need to learn how to meditate and you need to learn how to, like, chill out, basically, and not be so, like, (laughs) amped up all the time. Um, But I feel like she spends a lot of the first part of the book in, like, anxious survival mode of, like, just trying to understand everything going on around her. And not misstep. She's, <laughs> yes, yeah, she's trying to learn and be careful. I mean, because she's a lot of the times, you know, she's working directly for the Empress and Emperor's army. And those are the two people that know she exists. They just don't know what she looks like. Mm-hmm. So keeping that a secret on top of everything else she has to do this close to royalty and this close to the army that she's a part of uh, for as long as she has to might stress you the F out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so. She um, finds out that the prince is betrothed, which, like, duh, all, like, I don't know, Princess Elizabeth I, like, Queen Elizabeth I, she was betrothed at, like, two years old, so. Yeah, well, in this case, the (laughs) wedding didn't, or the um, proposal didn't come up until after they had met, and then, like, like, conveniently, the day before, he was going to, like, reveal to her his parents that he wanted her hand in marriage or at least wanted to date or whatever um it's like but wait before you speak we have to tell you something and it's like this is the person you're gonna marry over here and he's like dang it i was just gonna tell them about the person that i wanted (laughs) yeah but like he should have known like he he definitely should have. i think he did probably did he did know yeah um but that breaks them up and she takes an offer from their the um the general, the army general, to um, be... Actually, she makes a deal. He's like, hey, come join the army. What else are you going to do um, once once the prince is married? And she's, you know, she's like, I'm not going to join, but, like, I'll come on your missions. She was like, I want autonomy to make my own decisions about my own life. You know I'm the best. That's the only way I'm coming. Um, and the reason she wanted to do that as she wanted to take all the most dangerous missions so she could win the gold lion talisman which grants the owner of that talisman one um favor favor yeah from the emperor himself and that's so coveted and so rare like some of the oldest living celestials who are immortal have only seen it given out like a handful of times yes um so she becomes an archer under the captain. Yep, Captain Winshaw. So we've 
met the captain a couple times at this point. He was at the ceremony where um, she found out about the betrothal between the prince and his princess, basically. Um, and he, like, they're, they're uh, complementary beings to one another. I don't, I don't have a better way of saying it. They're, like, not friends, but they have this understanding immediately. Um, mm-hmm. Her and the captain and the captain and the prince immediately don't like each other. No surprise there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked the captain. I I still really do, even given the ending. Yes, I still really do. He, what's what's really well done on the author's part, uh, Lantan, she, she writes the captain to be smart and clever and knows just the right thing to say, or you know, do this, don't do that. But all of that, while being technically good advice and sound advice is also disguising his secrets. And when they reveal like, oh yeah, thinking back, when he told me that one thing, now I know why he said that. Yep. Like, it's all cleverly written so that it's both smart and also disguising his true self. Yeah, and he's he comes off as a very closed-off character. Um, and mm-hmm. they'll be like, yeah, like, he doesn't have friends. He doesn't, like, like anyone. He doesn't smile. And the fact that they're, you know, friendly you know, gets all the tongues wagging. Everyone's like, oh, they must be sleeping together. They must be lovers, whatever. Um, But they weren't. They were just well-matched. And she was just interested in taking on the biggest, baddest, scariest battles. And because he was the top um, captain in the army, those were his missions. Yeah, and and she'll take on legendary even even for her day and age she's taking on these legendary creatures they're like well no one's ever been able to do that and then she's the first one to do it um like the uh was it a dragon or serpent yeah. you know with the eye the, you gotta shoot the eyes um so she grows up fast um and she learns fast and she starts um wrecking like i think there was another scene with mer people yes. right yeah the mer people um, the whole middle of the book, like the beginning and the end, have a lot of like continuity. They are one thing after another. But the middle of the book is where it really starts dividing up into like periods of she she slayed this, she did that, she found that. Like that's where it really starts feeling like the mythology section of the book. Yes. So yeah, she has a, a handful of battles that are very much showing her abilities, building her relationship with the captain, and. Um, kind of yeah going through these tales Mm-hmm. and the book kind of throws new plot points at you immediately like towards the end she's given the quest of okay um you must get oh shoot the dragon per, uh, dragon pearls the dragon pearls um and you're like okay well this is like the quest for the dragon pearls. This is going to be a long thing. And it happens very fast. She gets one and it's like, man, there's just one plot point after another. It just keeps going. Yeah. So she, um, before that, she goes on a quest to save the prince's betrothed. And yes. the prince, it, it was actually a trap for the prince. So then she ends up saving both of them. And that on top of all her other battles gets her the golden lion talisman. Um, and she, you know, bows d- 
deeply prostrate, puts her head to the floor. Um, they talk about the like jade tile or whatever all the time. Um, and she open bears the her truth of her mo- her mother is the moon goddess and her father is this um, like myth mythological level archer like the best archer of all like time a legendary all art yeah. yeah archer um and the emperor and empress are pissed and they're like <sighs> we should lock you up we should you know put you and your mother on a farther planet like what what can we do to you guys because you're clearly horrible people and um the prince is like no 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 she saved my life she could have died she didn't need to do that um let's make a deal basically and the king's like or the emperor is like fine go get these four dragon pearls and i'll let you and your mother go and i won't worry about it anymore um what he doesn't say is Mm. the dragon pearls are the magic essence um of the dragon and that lets you control them yes so yeah she goes on this big thing um, and is like can i just have them (laughs) yeah well it's a very important note that she would not have gotten the pearls because she promised them that she wouldn't do harm to the dragons like wouldn't mess with them like she just needs this for a very specific reason but the one thing she says differently is that she will also bring them back. And they're not used to hearing something like that. Yeah, she... So, like, they're going to... Ret- you're going to return the gifts, like... <laughs> Again, very honorable. Um, and that's when a lot of things just go to hell. <laughs> Literally, mm-hmm. if we were talking about the demon realm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she... Yeah, we, we spend a little time Yeah, there. so she's... Um, you know, grabs these pearls and put them in her pouch, I guess. Um, and she's suddenly on a cloud and being ferreted away and she falls into like darkness and wakes up chained with magic chains that take away her powers in a tower, very like Rapunzel situation. And her, <laughs> her, her captor is the, is Captain um the captain her captain that she's in love with winshaw yes and that she's literally just said like a couple days before like yes i will go to your home with you let's retire basically from the military i love you um and he is not who he says he was very similar to her and i actually will say i was offended by how quickly she went from loving him to hating him because she did the same freaking thing yeah the difference is she's not doing anything evil she's just but to him it's not a secret mom but to him it's not evil because that's he's saving his people yeah well that gets into a whole nother you know topic of (laughs) of um uh words are hard (laughs) that's just a whole different discussion whole different rabbit hole um, of morality and who deserves what and yeah yeah so he does because the demons he, the demons get a bad rap too i mean they are also doing evil things i guess yeah. but they get a bad rap too the way they were named all those years ago and stuff well and also he is he has his own selfish reasons of wanting to get out from under this abusive brother who's older than him and wants to be the leader eventually of the demon people but 
she's she's got her own selfish reasons too. So it val it was so quick. Yeah. Her like, no, you're the worst person ever. I hate you. I never want to talk to you or look at you again. Like, I want to kill you where you stand. Of like, girl, you just did the same thing. Kinda. So yeah, and to that same effect, when um, along that same line of revealing who you are <coughs> to people, um, when leeway. Uh, when Li Wei finds out about yeah. um, Xing Yin, he's also kind of offended. Like, you know, we share everything. Why would you think I would, you know, release this secret to the world? And she's like, well, you may certainly not have, but it could have also accidentally slipped out. And the book literally ends with him like, okay, we're acquaintances again, but we're not in love. We're kind of at this distant, like... You lied to me, but you lied to me. Well, I had a good reason. I couldn't tell you because your parents are literally, literally the ones looking for me. And they leave off in, like, an acquaintance position. Well, and also... At the end of the book. Like, there's people with them all the time. Like, yes, she's in his, mm-hmm. you know, courtyard or in his room setting up his books and stuff. But, like, there's servants everywhere. And... I just... I felt like Leeway was harsh because... Yes, she was hiding this fact, but it doesn't change who she is. Right. She's still the same person. She just had to keep this one little thing. And I thought when she revealed that fact, or when Lee Wei would find out, I thought he'd be understanding. But it did not go that way. Yeah. Um, so just to close the loop, we did mention a third prince whose name we don't know. Um, but there's a third prince of the Eastern Sea, and that is where the dragons originated. And he becomes a key player when... Um, when she decides to return the essence of the dragons to the dragons and just take the shell of the pearl back to the emperor, which is really... Another trick. Yeah, really (laughs) tricksy on her part because she's not that, like, conniving. Um, So I was a little bit proud of, like, yeah, that's what you should do. I mean, (laughs) her thought was, okay, well, the emperor told me a half truth. Yeah. So I'm gonna tell him a half truth. Like he didn't tell me these pearls had this specific thing going on. So I'm not gonna tell him my specific thing going on. Like we both tricked each other. Deal with it. You can't be mad because you you did the same thing to me. Yeah, which is very childish, actually. Um, now that I'm thinking <laughs> about it. Um, but I did really enjoy the scene of her returning the essence to um, mm-hmm. to the dragons. I don't know. There's something. Uh, there was um, 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 Priory of the Orange Tree that we also talked about in a previous episode. Yes. Um, there was some serious dragon situations happening there. And there's something about just the dragons. Like, I need a dragon story, like, from the dragon's point of view. Because they're epic. And in this viewpoint, this telling of them, um, they were, like, the peacemakers um, and they didn't, they just wanted their freedom. They just were like, I don't know, like wanting to hang out and keep people happy. And they tried to help the mortals and tried to help the celestials. And um, the emperor locked them up for not doing what he said or not, you know, not obeying. And yeah, we was treating them like, I mean, slaves. they were, they were slaves, yeah. I'm sure. Like, <laughs> um, And so, yeah, when they got their essence back, it was a very happy moment. And she gave half of her immortal life force to do that and i was like oh this emperor is going to lose it yeah he was (laughs) he was pissed 
What's smart though is that she made sure like it was in front of an audience. She they find out what she did and the pearls are empty and they're like those are fake pearls. No, they're not fake. I just gave them their freedom. <laughs> and he gets angry, but there's an entire audience in front of I don't know where they were the royal chambers or some audience hall. Yeah. And they saw him getting angry, but they were like, "Hey, didn't she do the thing you asked? Like you can't get angry, right? Like you're the emperor." <laughs> well, and Really, the unsung hero in all of this is the general, because both times, so before he gave her the task to go get the pearls, and after she returns the empty pearls, he's there with the army going, you know, hey, sir, you actually said that. So um, also the entire army that could just rebel and kill you right now, they're like right behind me and waiting. And they want to thank her and they all bow to her and she bows to them. Very Mulan. <laughs> um, you know that end yeah. scene where she's on the steps. Um, and yeah, he's always just kind of like lurking. He's like, he's, <laughs> he's the one that gets her in the army. He's the one that teaches her to use the bow. Um, he's, oh, he's this steady being that's always there where everyone else is chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like yeah I, I see that. you know he's like i see that you want to go do big things but have you thought about joining the military <laughs> you need a backup plan little girl and she's like huh you know he's the recruiter <laughs> yep and she's at her lowest point where nothing else works and is like her only option yeah so. <laughs> um so yeah she you know she saves she saves everybody. She saved the dragons, the army, um, both princes, even though or all three really, um, and gets to go back to her mom. So not exactly realistic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but definitely an epic story. I was glad it ended well. I was glad mom got to see her daughter after so long. I did cry a little. Fantastic reunion. She gets to share her entire life story so far to um, her mom. Mm -hmm. And then I, what I kind of wanted to ask you or maybe just generally talk about is the book ends and it's like a complete novel. Yeah. Like there's not really any lingering th um, plot lines other than they're just like, you know, there will always be war in the future. But otherwise I was like, oh, the book closed like pretty cleanly like i don't know what a sequel would be about it's not like it was a massive cliffhanger or anything yeah i definitely felt that way too i'm wondering if the author didn't realize that she was going to be given the opportunity to write a second book um i appreciate that it was a clean cut because i hate waiting forever for something to come out um i think i wrote it down hold on Book two of the duel. Okay, so book two is called Heart of the Sun Warrior, and it comes out this November. Okay. Um, so not too long. Definitely adding it to the list. Um, <laughs> what what my thought is, is all the players are still alive, right? Like, Pretty much. dragons are alive. All three princes are alive. Demons are yeah, alive. Yeah, didn't die in the end, right? Nothing happened He didn't him. die. His brother didn't die, as far as I know. Um and the only lingering plot, other than the fact that these people are still alive, is, like, there might be a war because there's always war. It's unavoidable. And will they, won't they, as far as getting together, which, come on, there, it's leeway is going to win in the end. But <laughs> I don't know. You never know. Because um, 
the captain definitely still loves her and he's like, I will be there. I, I genuinely think his love for her was an accident. Like at first it started as a way to get where he needed to go. Um, and then turned into more for him. And he was like, I got my goals and I got the things I need to do, but also like, I like her. If Winshaw is in book two, I am sure that will be a conflict that comes up. But there's no way, the way this book has been written so far, that she does not end up with Li Wei. It's just too much. It's just meant to be. Maybe she, but I could maybe be wrong. she goes sideways. There is a dark side of the moon. <laughs> just saying. Oh my gosh. Just saying. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I am cu- I, I'm sure that it was written with a duology in mind. I'm guessing she presented it that way, but that's a total guess. I have no ground to stand on for that. But it seems like she wanted to tell a very specific story. So, Or, or she wrote one book and was like, if I get picked up for book two, I do want this to be a duology. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I love going into it knowing... Because this is, I would describe this as like an epic fantasy journey novel, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I like going into it knowing that there's going to be two books and it's done. It's not like, will they make a sequel? Will it come out in the next 10 years, hopefully? <laughs> you know, is this a Wheel of Time situation where I got to wait half my life for 40 books? So it's good to know that after this November, this story will complete and we can move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like knowing that there is an end in sight. And then, yeah. yeah, we're not just hoping. Um, so I make. What did you rate it? I. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I'm really excited to see where this goes. Because, again, it's not like we have any direction. Um, yeah, there's no direction yeah. at the end. Um, so I did give it a four out of five. I really enjoyed it. It definitely. Um, again, it was hard for me to read because I wasn't in a reading mood. But it wasn't a hard read, if that makes sense. I enjoyed the story. No, it was not. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed all the characters. I want more. Um, I don't think I would read it again. Again, that's what... If I give something five stars, it means I will read it again. Um, and I I would recommend it to really most people. It wasn't... Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was an epic it story. It was a hero story. Yeah, but it wasn't like a deep fan- fantastical cut, like oh, like like serious Lord of the Rings fan or something. It's like this is general, more generalized fantasy, and I think a larger audience can appreciate it. Yeah. Um, although the modern day audience reads most stuff now, anyways. But um, one thing I'm wondering is whether or not the Moon Goddess, now that she has her freedom and she's not hiding any secrets, does she become a main character in the next book? Because she's pretty powerful, it seems like. I would, like that'd be cool if it was like daughter mother journey. I don't know, but I feel like she's got to be in the second book more now that she's free. I would I would say at least somewhat, but I think she's also very sad, very like she's a homebody. She's like, you know, not been around people. I don't know that she wants to be. <laughs> They've been really mean to oh, her. But, okay. And I almost forgot, but I'm so glad slash sad. She got to leave, and they got to get some closure on the father yeah. because we find out that he did die. He was immortal, so he couldn't live forever. They they sort of 
they found a site or made a site like a burial like an area for yeah him, so the that was good the black dragon after he's got his essence back is about to fly off and he goes oh by the way at the corner because each of the dragons has a sea or a lake or something um and he's like at the corner of my my body of water territory yeah my territory yeah <laughs> um that's where your father lays um and it's yeah. a mountain covered in white daisies and so they go with with the prince uh leeway and get to clean the grave site and get to have some closure um and the the stipulation to the mother's freedom is that she has to still do her moon duties every night yeah her moon chores yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so <laughs> I th- it's funny. Apparently, her job is li- literally to make sure like the moon rises and sets when it's supposed to. Yeah, so she stands outside. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it's like okay, but the moon doesn't rise and set. Like the world just rotates. But it's just funny. Like this is a mythological world, so she must literally make sure the moon rises and sets. Yeah, I think it's because she ha- she either stands on the porch or walks through the forest. So I think it's like when she's inside the house, the lights are off. And then she goes outside and the lights are on on the moon. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Again, one of those things not explained and it's really not important. Yeah. And it's just her duty and she does it. <laughs> um, what did you give it? I don't think you said. I know, but. Oh, I didn't, but um, also four out of five. Yeah. Um, anything? I, I will always, I feel like this will be like a, I don't plan on rereading it ever and that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, at all it's a great book mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll remember i'm sure years from now i'll think back on it and in my mind it will read like a mythological tale i'll remember all the little parts and i'll be like oh yeah yeah um so our next book like we've mentioned a couple times is snow crash by neil stevenson um i have barely started it uh do you want to say anything about why you chose it or you want me to read the summary um, all I will say is, well, I chose it because I know it'll be up my alley, and I say that not knowing what the book is entirely about. I just, I, I, know, I know the blurb. Um, but anyone that, that likes the same things I do has always recommended it to me. They're like, it's just a ridiculous book. Um, the main character's name is Hero Protagonist, yeah. so that should tell you something right there. Um, I, you're going to read, um, what is, I assume, the same description I have on my notes right now, but I just want people to keep in mind that this was published in 1992, which makes the description very interesting in modern times. The date I see is 2003. I think it's 1992 is what I saw. Oh, well, Amazon says 2003. <laughs> Maybe it's that edition? I I don't know. I, I think I went on to his Wikipedia I'll look that up later, and we can correct that when the episode comes okay. out. Um, supposedly, again, I'm reading from Amazon, this book coined the term metaverse. So, Yes, factually. and that's one thing that I found interesting, because people all act like the metaverse is some new thing, and it's been around a long time. <laughs> yeah, so a little summary. Again, I know I just said it three times. I'm reading this from Amazon. I have just started it, so I'm I am not in a position to give my own summary. So in reality, hero protagonist delivers pizza for uncle Enzo's Coso Nostra pizza Inc. But in the metaverse, he's a warrior prince plunging headlong into the enigma of a new computer virus that's striking down hackers everywhere. He races along the neon lit streets on a search and destroy mission for the shadowy virtual villain threatening to bring about (laughs) info 
Infoacalypse. Infoacalypse. <laughs> Say that five times. Um, Snow Crash is a mind-altering romp through a future America so bizarre, so outrageous, you'll recognize it immediately. And honestly, yeah. that last line, again, I'm 13 pages in. Uh, it's it is it is America, but like super warped, um, and in a really creative, interesting way. Um, yeah. And you you said going in, you think this might not be like your style of book, no. which I expected when I picked it. Um, so I'll be curious um, to see. I feel like you're probably gonna give it three stars. You haven't even read it yet. But <laughs> I just feel like that's the direction you're probably gonna go, and you're forced to read this four or five hundred page book. <laughs> I will say that's that's half the fun of of us doing this is that you know we're pushing each other out of our own comfort zones and we're reading things that we wouldn't normally read. And sometimes it's a hit and it's great, and sometimes it's like, what the hell did you make me read? Um, and so far, I don't regret any of it. <laughs> no, it's it's great, and I'm. We have um, a favorites swap coming up in a few months, um, and that'll be interesting because we're moving. My my pick is more in the like fantasy realm of things, um, and so we'll have to come up with a better term officially for those because we'll be doing that more than once. Yeah, <laughs> our favorite swap, <laughs> something or other. Yeah, um, but I'm excited. I I started it and I immediately was like, this is not what I would like. I would never pick this up. <laughs> Um, but we'll see, uh, how it goes. Yeah. When I put this book on the list, I was like, I am for sure getting a DNF text. I am not. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. What if I DNF this? (laughs) I don't hate it yet. (laughs) But I also, I would say, and not to drag this out too long, but I would say, even if one of us didn't finish a book, there's nothing wrong with reviewing it by what we know, because... If we don't like a book and don't finish a book, we still have plenty to say about the book. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's always required of us. Yeah. So. But so far, we've done good. We've finished each book we've given each other. So True. Um, but yeah, so I'm very excited to keep reading that um, and see see what we think of it. See what I think of it because I might have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have tons of thoughts already just based on the description. Um, I have lots of comparisons in mind, like Ready Player One, if it's going in that direction. But uh, that's for next time. So for now, you want to go over closing yeah. things? Uh, please rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Follow us at PaperQuest Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And leave us a comment and let us know what books you're reading. Um, if there's a book that definitely... Uh, pushed you out of your comfort zone and what you want to hear us talk about in the future yes we have already gotten a a book recommendation that we're going to do probably around fall halloween ish so keep them coming um check out the show notes wherever you're listening or watching this for all the links that just just mentioned as well as the one dollar patreon and whatever else we may come up with in the future until next time bye bye